once a year, but maybe we need to do it more often. And that's Team Teach, me and my wife. And uh, I certainly thank God for her this year. Uh, I think we're going on year 14. I didn't quit counting. Praise God. Praise the Lord. But we've been married 14 years this year, and the Lord has just watched over us. I guess we've been together for 17 years, and uh, but married for those 14 of those years and blessed us when we were at Oral Roberts University. I found a good thing. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Lord's been good to me. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I just thank God for his favor and his blessing upon my life and thank him for giving me and leading me to his design. And that's what we want to talk to you about today is God's design. We've been speaking all month about getting your house in order. And it's certainly time now more than ever to get our house in alignment with what the word of God says. Amen. Get your house in order. Uh, we're going to be speaking from Psalm 127 and also be dealing with Genesis chapter 2. But I also want to read before I go into that and we get into the details of what we're talking about in Ephesians chapter 5, down verse uh, 23. I shall start at verse 21. It says, submit yourself to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. And not somebody else's husband, your own husband. Thank you, Jesus. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. And now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husband in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. That sounds good to me. To present her to himself as a radiant church. Come on. We can't be a radiant church if we in chaos and we got mess going on. Somebody say amen. 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 He's looking for a church without a spot or a wrinkle. And he's not talking about the remnant church, the institution, and he's not talking about the church down the road. But he's talking about you and me because we are the church. Amen. And he says, I'm coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And so we got to get our wrinkles out. We got to get our spots out. And we got to get saved. Amen. The only way we can get our wrinkles and spots out spiritually is we got to have Jesus Christ as Lord. And so what is his design today? How do we get back to his order? What is his order? There's disorder everywhere. You look everywhere you turn, you got wisdom of the world. We talked about wisdom last week. And then you got the wisdom of God. But what is the word of God say about how we are to live in our relationship? And I don't want you to disclude yourself this morning. If you're not in a marital relationship, we are all in fellowship with one another. We're all in relationship with one another. And everything we do in the kingdom is through connection. And so God uses relationships to bring forward his purpose and his agenda in the earth. The only way we can advance God's kingdom is we've got to be joined up in fellowship with those who've got a like mind and who have a like desire to see God's bless and see God's best come into fruition for us. And so today we want to talk to you about building healthy relationships. Somebody say healthy relationships. You know, you can have a relationship that's not healthy, amen, but we want a relationship that's healthy, and the only way we can have a healthy relationship is to reflect 
God's design. Everything in your life as a believer should be a reflection of the master, the, be a reflection of the creator. He is the master builder of our life, and we have to get back to the order of God. Amen. The world has set an order, and the world have an order called confusion. Now folk don't know who they are. We got all of these personal pronouns, and folk confused. And listen, you go into school, you go on into job. And one time I was in a meeting, they said, we're about to go through all the policies and we need to fix the neutrality of these words. And I thought, out of all the problems we got, that's what y'all worried about. We got all kind of problems, but we are focused on the wrong thing and really allowing the enemy to disrupt what God said was to be so. And so let's get our house in order. Let's get back to God's design. We were made in his image, so let's reflect his love in our interactions with others. We look at the triune God. God is one God, but he's eternally existing in three persons. We call it the Trinity. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I've never seen an image or read in the scripture where the Holy Spirit, the Jesus Christ, and the Father was arguing and fussing and fighting with one another. Anybody seen that in the word? I've not seen it. There's a harmony. There's a union. There's a perfection in this relationship. The pattern that God said to be so. And so how do we get to that order? Pastor Anthony's already preaching. I, I told him beforehand that I just wanted to come and do conversational style, but he didn't got excited. So I'm going to try to calm us down because I can get excited real quick. But Psalm 27 and 1, that's what we're talking about. Psalm 127 and 1, it says, unless the Lord builds the house. Come on, somebody say, unless the Lord builds the house. They that labor, labor in vain. Honey, if you build in your own house, then you are laboring in vain. Come on, if you build in your own thing, you build in something that you're going to huff and puff and it's going to blow down. So unless the Lord builds the house, the labors labor in vain. And we're going to start right there because I believe that there are too many people that are building their own works. All right? Building their own lives. Okay? God must be the architect of how you form your life and how you form your relationship. Come on, some of us didn't click right too many times and we didn't end up with some jokers. Come on, come on, are we, are we in the house today? Listen, we talking to the married folks, but we saying we talking to the single folks too because we want you to do it right. Some of us need to tell the truth in here, go and tell the, the single folks what not to do so they won't have the same struggle that some of us have had. Come on, can we talk in the church today? I want to go back even to Psalm 128 and 1. That's the next, next chapter. And it says, blessed, happy, and sheltered by God's favor is everyone who fears the Lord and worships him with obedience, who walks in his ways and lives according to his commandments. For you shall eat the fruit of your hands. I love that. Now, why does it say that blessed, happy is the one who lives according to God's commandments, but you'll eat the fruit of your hands? Come on. When we build our homes, when we build our lives, when we build our relationship based on his blueprint, you will receive the blessing and favor that comes with that. Okay. When it's built using your design or you didn't decided to take somebody else's opinion and begin to build your life and your relationship on that, you're going to eat that fruit. 
Come on, so we're wondering why are things going so haywire and why are all these marriages ending in divorce? Because whoever's designed you take to build on, you're going to eat the fruit of that. Somebody say, we're going to eat the fruit. Marriage is not automatically blessed because it's marriage. And sometimes I think we have that fallacy, particularly as Christians, that we think just because we're Christians, just because we're married, that it's automatically blessed. But marriage is not automatically blessed because it's marriage or just because God created and sanctioned the institution of marriage. It's blessed when you do it God's way. Come on. I'm not just talking about because you entered into your marriage as pure individuals. It's more than that. Because we've talked too long and say, just keep yourself and everything's going to be all right. But that's not the truth, all right? I want you to keep yourself. There is a blessing in that, but that does not mean that everything in marriage is going to be perfect because you kept yourself. So what he's saying here is there's still a way that you have to work in your marriage that is by his design. What brings about blessing and favor is when you do the work in marriage and in relationship his way. Somebody say his way. His way. Amen. Marriage, family, and relationships are not said it and forget it. Uh, there was this commercial, infomercial, about some food uh, product where you could put your food in this thing and turn it on and put it in there and then come back a few hours later and it's all ready to go and ready to eat. That's not the way marriage works. Somebody say it's not set it and forget it. It requires maintenance. It requires management. And it's continuous, something that has to be worked on. And too many of us sometimes in our relationship get on autopilot and it's easy to do that. Uh, we think that our life will automatically just flow and work out and our relationships are automatically going to stay together just because we put a ring on it on. all right just because we got a piece of paper listen that's a ring and it's a piece of paper those are important symbols and documents but it requires an effort of you to keep it together and sometimes we struggle because we get on autopilot and then we fail to pay attention and we miss the signs when the seasons of our life change. And me and my wife have been married 14 years now and the seasons of our life have changed. There was a time we didn't have no children. There was a time where we didn't have as much responsibility and we have had to make adjustments in every season to keep the fire going. Hello, amen, because the fire will go out if you don't keep it hot. All right, now I'm not just talking about sex, all right, but just in general, communication. You have to keep communication going, amen. You have to keep a balance, and sometimes, men, we get out of balance, and when we get out of balance, the whole family get out of balance. Sometimes, men, we get so caught up on what's going on in the job, or we get caught up on the golf course, or we get caught up what's happening in the sports world, or we just get caught up. And we then, we fail to pay attention to our spouse. And we fail to pay attention to our children. And the whole family suffers. We fail to pay attention to our walk in relationship with God. We fail to come to church. We work it all the time. All right? That's a trap of the enemy. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. All right? And he says work. Occupy till I come. But listen, you cannot work all of the time. And sometimes some of us, we find a job 
that keep us out of the house so we don't have to deal with the problems because we don't have to fulfill our assignment. We just working, working, working. But God called you to be more than a slot machine or a bank machine or an ATM. God, we supposed to provide now, but there's more that God is requiring of you. And when we're not focused, then we lose our connection. When we allow our responsibilities and roles to take priority over the bigger reason why we're together, then we create an imbalance in what God is trying to do in our life and family. It's easy for things to get out of order. Let me tell you, it's real easy for something to get out of order. You, you think about the garden God made. He told the people to tend and watch over it. We've got to have a balance. We've got to be focused on management, care, and development of our relationships in every aspect of life. Praise the Lord. Let's talk about this because first we have to understand the purpose of marriage. And we get off there because we often think that the purpose, purpose of marriage is to make you happy to bring you into a life of satisfaction and fulfillment. But what is the true purpose of marriage? The purpose of marriage is to bring glory and honor to God. Ain't got nothing to do with you. All right? The purpose of marriage is to bring glory and honor to God and expand his kingdom on earth. Marriage is a picture to the world of what Christ is to his church. Right? It's a picture to the world. And so what picture are we showing them? All right. When we can't get along. Amen. We don't know where 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 daddy is. We don't know where mama is. We everything is in dysfunction and confusion. But this should be a picture of oneness. It should be a picture of harmony. It should be a picture of unwavering redeeming love. God intended husband and wife to be a spiritual functional unit. Walking in integrity, serving God together. Let me say that again. Serving God together, because we got too many people sending mom to church, sending kids to church. Serving God together and keeping his commandments together. Now, when this harmony is operating, society prospers. The church prospers under the hand of God because we're showing to people what it looks like to be one with God to be in harmony with him. So let's look at Genesis 2, 15 through 25. We're going to bring, that, bring out a few of these verses. It says, verse 15, the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, Edda James didn't say it first. Hallelujah, Adam did. He said, at last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from the man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. I love this, and let me say this to my women out here. You have to notice, if you've read this creation story, that everything that God created, he ended by saying, and it was good. Man was the only thing that he created and said it was not good for him to be alone. And then that's why we come along in Proverbs and say, he that finds a, finds a, a good thing. Hallelujah. We make it what? Good. Come on, somebody say amen. 
Amen. Thank God for at last. Praise the Lord. Now, I can't sing it, and I ain't going to try to sing it. Uh, but thank God that if we wait on him, amen, we wait for him, he will bless us. Amen. He will help us. According to the scripture, there are three elements I want you to write down this morning that are essential to the design of God in every relationship must have. And this applies whether you're married or not in any relationship, family, sibling, uh, on the job. Every relationship requires tending. Somebody say tending. We're going to talk about it. Watching and protecting. Every relationship requires tending, watching, and protecting. Hallelujah. Somebody say tending, watching, protecting. What is God's design? We, man and female, come from the same creator, all right? We are to share equally and partner in life. And in verse 18, God says, I will make a helper suitable for him. That word, I, I want to really, because we, we talk about help meet all the time, but I want to make sure that we truly understand. That word suitable in the original language means in front of him. All right, come on. I need some illustration, people. I want the roughings to come. I want the roughings to come. Hallelujah. Just stand right here in front. You may have to come up on stage so they can see you on the camera. Just the, just the mama and the daddy, honey. We're dealing with Adam and Eve. Y'all ain't here yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Just stand right here. Sister, I want you to stand in front of Brother Ruffin. Face to face, please. All right. And so when it says the word suitable, okay, he's going to create a suitable helper. The word suitable really means in front of him. Okay, what is that saying? I'm not just creating a helper, but I'm creating a complementary part of you. Okay, so when I look at you, I'm looking at me. When I look at you, I'm looking at me. Because we are complementary helpers to one another. We are complementing one another. So basically, when God created Eve, she created Adam's equal. He created Adam's equal. All right, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, all right? And furthermore, the Hebrew word translated suitable carries much more meaning. We got to know this than just appropriate. This word means contrasting, opposite. It implies that, the de that God designed these people to fit so perfectly together. What he lacked, she has, okay? What she lacked, he has, we're talking about a complementary pair. We're not talking about he's up here, she up here. She just helping and coming alongside. It's more than that. It's maybe what you don't have, I got. Because we complement one another. Just like magnets, honey. When we come together, we're one. Make sense? All right, thank you. Now give them a hand. Give them a hand of applause. All right. Together they became something far stronger and more magnificent than any of them were alone, all right? Because partnership, they became partners, equal partners. And partnership in family and partnership in marriage is required. We must share the load. Come on, somebody say share the load. Are you an equal partner today? Partnership requires a couple of things. It requires regular communication. Come on, can we talk today? 
I'm not your partner if I don't know what's going on in your life. Come on. Come on, husbands. Come on, wives. Partnership requires honor. Because when I'm, when I'm not honoring you and when I'm talking just as bad about you as your mama and they mama and your cousins over there, I'm talking about myself because we're complimentary people. And so honor is not difficult when I understand that honoring you is honoring me. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody today. Partnership requires respect. Disrespecting you is disrespecting me. Come on. Partnership requires a willingness to work together and not against one another. Come on, we're going to talk more about that in a minute. As partners, we must tend, we must tend, we must watch, and we must protect. The marriage and the family and all relationships have been established by God, and they must be guarded and protected. They must be watched over. They must be cared for. They must be tended to, focused on, cultivated, managed. What we do not manage, we allow to get out of control. Come on. We allow the enemy access to come in and wreak havoc. Now, let me tell you this. Any relationship is going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But we have to do it by God's design. We cannot expect to experience God's best if we're living out our own plan, our own agenda. We only experience God's best when we begin to emulate his plan and emulate his purpose. What was God's intention when he formed us? What was God's instruction before the fall? And that's what we're talking about. We go to this creation account. We're talking about before the fall. This was the instruction. So this is his perfect design. And this is what people have to understand because we think that we were only supposed to work because of the curse that was given to us. But this was the instruction. He said, I placed Adam in the garden to watch over it, to keep it, to cultivate it. Honey, we're going back to God's original design. Somebody say original. And so after the fall, then work became, became this thing of toil. So what happens? What, how can we deal with that toil? Do it God's way. Because what he says, my burden is what? Easy. Come on. Hallelujah. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. Let me give it to Pastor. God's design. What is the foundation that the Lord has set for us? Um, I, I was just thinking about this. Before God created Eve, Adam was not by himself. He was in relationship with God. And that's important. Before you find yourself talking to somebody, if they not saved, leave them alone. If they ain't in relationship with the Father before they're in relationship with you, you already started out the gate with the wrong right. Praise the Lord. And so it's important because Scripture says, if a man think of it in his heart, so is he. If you were joined up with somebody that they don't love themselves, if they don't have a biblical, spiritual foundation of who they are in Christ, they are never going to be able to treat you right. That image she had of uh, the rough and standing and facing one another, if, if they are looking at you and talking crazy, all right, and calling you names and uh, making you feel like you are less, that's because that's how they feel about themselves. If you with somebody that don't take care of themselves, don't care about their appearance, don't take care of their finances, don't want to work, listen, all of that is going to be projected back on you. 
And so sometimes there's a blessing in the singleness. Amen. Sometimes we go get up and join with somebody because we're lonely. But listen, somebody sung the song, I'm happy with Jesus alone. Now, I thank God for my at last, praise the Lord. But before I got her, I had him. Amen. And so many folk having problems in their marriage. And I asked them, you going to church? No. Well, listen, you need to get in the church. You need to get in the teaching so that you know how this is supposed to work. Praise God. This, we need a foundation. And the foundation got to be right. It's got to be large. It's got to be deep. It's got to be wide. The foundation ain't going to, we don't have the foundation. We're not going to be able to build nothing that's going to stand and it's going to last. If we're building with our own ideas, if we're building with the advice we gotten out of the magazine, if we're going off the horoscope, amen, if we all caught up on the 900 number and we're looking at BET Midnight Love and, and watching all of these reality shows, and listen, let me get you, some of this stuff, y'all looking at this relationship wisdom, it ain't God. Get into what the words say. We can't build something that's going to last if it's not by the design of God. And then after we build by the design of God, there's too many folk in church. All right, let's go there. Amen. They fussing and fighting too because we aren't doing it the way the words say. We've got to manage to maintain and approve upon the foundation. And the foundation, he said, is one of love. He gave himself. Jesus Christ gave himself. He wasn't looking at his own interests. He put aside his agenda, and he put us in front. And we've got to put God in front. And when we put God in front, you'll put others in front. That's why I don't understand why we got so much competition and friction in life, because people aren't honoring one another. All right? We're trying to be number one. Listen, some, you got to remember, zero is the number before one. And sometimes while we're trying to get to the top, we'll find ourselves in the place of nothing because we are doing it the wrong way. Somebody say God's design. Thank you, Lord. Both male and female. Listen, young folk, you don't got no, you're not no man and got no boyfriend. You're not no girl and got no girlfriend. I don't care what they say in that school. Listen, God created male and female. Listen, you wasn't born with a tendency. Listen, then you need to be delivered. Come on, you need to be set free. And we don't have to demonize nobody, but we don't have to go away from the design God said either. We need to tell folk what the words say. Listen, what did the words say? Male and female were made in the image of God. They were both commanded to rule. Look at Genesis 1, 26 through 28. I'm not going to read it. But we were both to have dominion. That means we were supposed to share in that responsibility. Listen, the woman can't do everything, men. The, the man can't do everything, women. We have to be partners. Come on. I thank God for my wife now because she know how to put the clothes together and she know how to do certain that homework, this new math they got. I don't understand it. And I'm an accountant and a CPA, and they got all these boxes and squares, and I said, this ain't how I learned none of this. And I'm, I'm trying to learn it. But listen, we've got to learn how to partner and share. Listen, sometimes we need to do the laundry. Men, we need to cook too, sometimes. Listen, and I know we're in a different day, and roles and things have changed, but 
Listen, we need to learn how to clean up. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's partner. One person can't do everything. Both of you got to look at your finances. We both need to know what the budget is. Come on. If it gets out of order, it gets out of balance. What's the biblical foundation he set? Dominion, rule. But in order to do that, you can't do it alone. You've got to partner and share. Thank you, Lord. We need to grasp this biblical requirement that male and female are essential to God's design for a blessed and a satisfied life. There is nothing without that relationship, that seed, and then that fermentation of the seed. Listen, there is no business. There is no education. There is no government. There is no church. If we aren't going into the fruitfulness in the way of increase, God established. And that was the family. Somebody say the family. Before there was a church, before there was a government, come on, before there was McDonald's, help me somebody, there was the family. Thank you, Lord. Thank God for family today. You say, well, my, my mother's gone, my father's gone. Get yourself in the church. Find you a Bible-believing church. Join up, link up with the men and women of God. We've got mothers, we've got fathers, we have brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Too many times we get in a relationship and then we find unfulfilled desires not met because we've moved away from the plan of God. Man, we are to tend. Let me get through this. Tend means to work, to serve, serve God, serve our spouse, serve our children, be a servant. Listen, man, this ain't about you. Come on. Where are you serving and what are you tending to? Sometimes we tending in the wrong place. We tend to do the wrong people. Come on, love your own wife. Come on. Amen. You, you, on your job, and you listen to the, all the women's problems. Listen, you need to get out of that break room. Come on, you need to get out of that cubicle and get yourself back to your business and do your work. Thank you, Jesus. You ain't can't be listening to everybody else's mess stuff. Thank you, Jesus. And listen, my pastor, when I was growing up, he told me the devil don't care who you are. Listen, he don't care how much Bible you got and scriptures you quote. You a man. Come on, you've got human desire and flesh will rise up. You put yourself in a situation you're not supposed to be in. Come on, y'all don't want to hear us talk right this morning. We need to tend to the right place, to the right stuff. Come on. Adam's work was in the garden. His service was God. Men tend to your wife. You were serving God. And then it says, watch. And I like that watching because, men, we got to pay attention to what's going on. We watching football. We watching TV. Come on. We watching what's going on over here. But are you paying attention to what's going on in your house? Sometimes we, we in a place and we see our spouse physically, but we don't see them emotionally. We don't see them spiritually. We're watching what everybody else is doing. And we live in this time of social media. You got to be careful on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. You're looking at somebody's reflection of what they want you to see. And sometimes we are trying to live up to some image that we don't know what's going on in that house. Sometimes in ministry, we don't know what's going on in that church. We've got to stop comparing and watching what people say. Let's watch what the words say. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You can make it. You, gotta, you can't let the garden of your marriage grow out of control like a weed. Come on. 
Because what happens when you don't you don't go tend to your garden? All you you go out there the next summer, it's weeds everywhere. Because weeds grow un uncontrollable, right? And we have to tend, we have to watch, we have to guard, we have to protect, we have to manage. And let me tell you what the first key is. The first key is not managing her; it's managing you. Come on, somebody say self management is the first key to managing your marriage. You need to deal with your issues. Come on, before you even get into relationship. Let me say this to my single people. If you are single, take this time to get your house in order. Tend to the things of God. Watch and guard your own heart. I love this scripture. Out of the heart comes the issues of life. When you guard your heart, that means you are only allowing things into your heart that will grow you that will help you, and that will lead you into a closer relationship with him. The first sign in relationship when you link up with somebody, if you realize that you are spending less time with God and less time on the things of God, you are already in the wrong place. Somebody say you're in the wrong place. Here's some nuggets for those who are unmarried and looking to be married. There are too many married people, come on, spending all of their time in marriage fighting off the demons of their partner's past. Because most often we're going into marriage and relationship in disorder. What happens when you have two people in spiritual disorder? Chaos ensues. And so I'm telling my single people, get it right now. We don't need to spend the first five years of our marriage being delivered from everybody else you've been been with. Come on, we're preaching, and let me tell you this. Marriage does not cure unresolved sin and issues. Folks got issues with pornography, and then they get married thinking it's going to cure it. Marriage does not cure unresolved sin and issues. It just exposes it. Come on, we talking truth in here. It just exposes it. And so I'm telling my single folks that are looking to be married, get your house in order now. And if you're already married, then seek the Lord for deliverance so you can walk as one with God and walk as God has designed you all to walk in your marriage. Ten, care, watch over. Men, what's our assignment? Spiritual life. We've got to maintain that relationship with God. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in the word. We've got to tend and watch to our spouse, our family, our finances. I can deal with that all day. If you, you're not looking at what's going on with your account, you got all kind of stuff coming out. You don't know where it is. Come on. We got to tend and manage business, property. Whatever God has assigned to our hands requires intentional focus. It requires balance. It requires that we keep a constant regimen so things don't spiral out of control, fall apart. And right now, somebody, we're listening to us. You know, you say, well, things right now in my life, they're spiraling apart. They are spiraling out of control. Listen, get back to God. Come back to God. You can find a balance. Um, you can't work all the time, I said that. You've got to take a break. You've got to tend. You've got to be present. This is important, men. Tend, watch, and care. Too many of us are physically sleeping in the bed, but we're not there. Too many of us are physically sitting on the couch, but we don't are not aware what our children are doing. You don't know what they're looking at. Come on. You don't know what's going on with your spouse. Come on. We've got to be present, not just physically, but spiritually. Some people say, well, I'm not going over to this person's house, and I'm not doing this, that, and the other, but you're not there. 
even when you're there. And men, we've got to learn how to be there at all times, not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally. Come on, we got to be there. That's important. Our job is to provide, but we need to invest and pour into our wives, their spiritual and emotional bank. And I had to learn this because my love language is touch. You got to learn what your love language is, but that's not my wife's love language, okay? Amen. It's words of affirmation, quality time. Listen, that's hard to me sometimes because that's not how I'm naturally driven. But I have to learn and have to put effort into it and work on it so that her spiritual bank is not empty. Y'all want me to help you this morning. Thank you, Lord. The serpent got Eve's attention because Adam was somewhere doing something else. He wasn't watching. Come on. We have to be present. Listen, the enemy's after your family. He's after your children. Come on, he's after your finances. He's after your everything. And listen, if you don't tend and watch over it and guard it, the devil going to get it. You've got to watch it. Somebody say you got to watch it. Praise the Lord. Let me talk to my women here. Now, we know that the Bible calls us to be the helpmate, all right, the helpmeet. Let's, and I want to break that word help me because I believe that society and our hyper feminism have really diminished the importance of that word and that role as a help me. Now, the word help me or help me is not just synonymous with, synonymous with being a, a servant. It's not synonymous with being an assistant or a minion or some subordinate thing. But that word in the Hebrew in its real original meaning in other references in the Bible is really about being a powerful support. In most cases, when that word is used, it's used to dep depict some dominant military force. It's also the word that is used in a lot of scriptures when they're talking about God being our deliverer or being our savior and offering salvation and help to us in that way. So women, we were created as we displayed to be a complement to our husband, to our man. We are an integral part of him and we are a powerful and influential companion. We are on equal footing with him. Somebody say equal footing. The word helpmate has the connotation that the woman is to be a warrior support to her husband. We have a role just like he does to protect, to aid, to watch, to surround our spouse. Too many women have used their position as a helpmate to make war. Come on, to make war in their homes with our mouth, with our attitude. Come on, can we be real? Listen, because nobody can do it like a, a woman can. We can say one word and we didn't already crush his whole spirit. And you know, and, and every wife in here knows what that one word or that one sentence is. Can we be honest? All right, we don't need to use our, our role as a helpmeet to make war in our homes, but we need to use it as a tool to ensure that all of the noise that is going on in the world, all of the things that's trying to take our husband down in the world, on his job, the way he has to go about in this life and in this world because of he's a man and because he's a black man, all of the things that are fighting against him when he comes home, our role as a warrior is to protect 
all of that stuff, it's not coming in here. When you come in here, this is a place of peace. I don't care what they said about you on the job. I don't care what they didn't do. I don't care that they passed you over again. I'm not going to talk down to you. I'm not going to tell you what you should have, could have did. I'm going to say, it's all right, baby. It's peace here. It's peace here. That's our war as a warrior, not to fight against him, but I'm shutting out everything that's coming against him. I am interceding, and I'm in spiritual warfare on his behalf. Warriors defend the home front. Come on, I'm going to say it again. Warriors defend the home front. I understand as a wife that my husband faces a myriad of things when he leaves out the front door. As a warrior, I'm praying as soon as he leaves the house. As a warrior, I'm using my mouth to bless him, to speak life to him. As a warrior, I'm watching and I'm on guard when opportunities and people that are not good for him present themselves. Come on, let me tell you a secret, man. Every man in here, when an opportunity presents itself, I want you to pray first, but then I want you to go to your wife. Because generally, she will lead you in the right direction. Can we just talk about all of the things that we shouldn't have did because the wife then already told us it wasn't going to work out? Because that's your warrior. Hallelujah. She's already been in warfare for you. She can see the enemy a mile away, and you just walking. She didn't told you it's over there. You still walking. Come on. That's your warrior. Listen. Yup. We telling the truth in the house. All right. Our position has helped me. It's not just some aid that's alongside, but we are warring. Come on. We're warring. We're protecting. We're on guard. Our words of honor and respect. We're giving our husband words of honor and respect because that's what gives our husband life. I want to say that we are life givers, woman, man with a womb. Your words of honor and respect give your husband life. Making sure nothing takes the life out of him because I'm trying to tell you, every time he leaves that house, everything around him is trying to suck the life out of him. That's why your words, when he steps in that house, your words of honor and respect are to bring that life back into him. All right, the woman, we have the responsibility to surround, to protect, to undergird, to defend, to tend, to watch. To tend to something is to serve it. What are you serving? Where are you serving that's taking precedence over your spouse? Are you serving your own selfish ambition? I know we in a society now that everybody wants to be the girl boss. Come on. But are you serving your spouse well? All right. Are you just making Instagram videos about how you can be the, the girl boss and do it all on your own? The devil is a lie. I don't want to do it all on my own. That's not what he designed me to do. Come on. Are you serving others over your spouse? Come on. When mama call, you're running to mama's call. Spouse ain't eight. Spouse, you ain't talked to him all day. But your cousin's call, so you run into their thing. Can we just talk practical in here? All right? And, and this is a big one for us women. Are you serving your children over your spouse? Hard for us mamas, but that's not the order of God. Listen, I know you need help with your homework, but me and daddy are talking. All right, you can wait. 
right? Because if this ain't right, this ain't never going to be right. All right. And I'd rather my children, instead of say, seeing me come to their beck and call every five seconds, I'd rather them be able to be grown people and say my mom and daddy loved each other. Come on. That's more important than them being able to see. Every time I called my mama, she was there. Because sometimes when you call me, I should have been with daddy. Come on. We preaching good in the house. Come on. We're on the, the home stretch. And, you know, we're taking a little longer than what we normally do. But we want to give you practical wisdom. What the word of God says, how to build your house, get your life in order. Uh, we've got to leave the world system. We've got to leave our human thinking, and we've got to get the mind of Christ. They let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. We can't get our house in order if we're not doing what God say do. We've got to set ourselves apart from what we've seen. Too many of us, we've seen mess. Amen. And you don't have to look far to mess. Somebody arguing, fussing right now. Listen, you can drive down the street. Something going on is not right. But listen, let's get back to the way that God said. Hebrews 12 and 14, he said, follow peace with all men and without holiness. No person to see the Lord. This is holiness talk this morning. God said, leave and cleave. He said, Adam, leave your mother, your father, and cleave unto your wife and become one flesh. And where have we not left? What have we cleaved to and we not let go of? We've got to do it in our spiritual life. We've got to leave the world behind and follow Jesus. Come on. We've got to let go of our baggage and our hurt. We're carrying into our relationship junk. Come on. We got junk, but it's time for us to clean it out. Baggage from the past. Generational things that have been passed down. Comparing ourselves with others keeping everybody else out of our business hello all wisdom is not godly wisdom and advice and everybody don't need to know everything that's going on in your house and going on in your life listen now we believe in accountability and we believe in having prayer partners but some of the stuff we partner with and some of the stuff we listening to is not right and listen we got to leave and we've got to cleave and we can't become one if we joined up over here and over there. Come on. We're talking about God's design. Hallelujah. We're talking about the marriage designed by God and man's service to God was to take care of the garden. He said he placed Adam in the garden and his service to God was take care of that garden. God gave man the garden and told him, now all I need you to do, come on, I gave it to you. Now all I need you to do is tend to it watch it and protect it come on god has given you everything you need if you are married he's giving you the spouse he's giving you the wife all you need to do is tend to it watch and protect it but instead of protecting the garden what did adam and eve do they let the enemy in you gotta understand that the devil hates the institution of marriage right he hates the institution of marriage this LGBT stuff, it really is because it is coming after God's institution of marriage in a way because that is God's primary way of expanding the kingdom. you got to understand it, all right? It's God's best. Marriage is God's best order, and it's his best design to advance his kingdom, and the enemy is after your marriage. He's after your family. He's after our marriage, our family. And the reason for this attack is because your purpose is, Hear me. And your destiny is tied to that union. 
if you are a married person, if you are a married person, your purpose and your destiny is tied to that union. But we don't like the same things and we don't have the same strengths and we want to do your purpose and your destiny is tied to that union. I'm not an accountant. He doesn't, he's not a counselor in the way that I am a counselor. But my strength to be able to counsel still comes from this union, right? His ability to go and do his business still comes from this union, all right? It's not about us always doing the same thing, right? But if you partner with the right person, that they may not be doing the same thing you do, but you're doing it because of their encouragement. You're doing it because of their prayers. You're doing it because they have, they have poured life into you in some manner. Your purpose and destiny is tied to this union, and the enemy wants to destroy, and he does it by dividing and bringing discord into the unit, by dividing and bringing discord. The enemy in the garden cause the entire trajectory of human life to change. That's big, okay? That's big. What happens when we allow the enemy in our marriage? And then we got kids that don't know how to be in relationship with other people. Come on. We got kids that don't know what true love looks like. All right? We got we got girls who will accept any kind of man. Come on. When the enemy gets in between this thing, it changes the entire trajectory of human life, because then the church is broken, because we don't have whole families. The world is broken, because folks don't know how to be in relationship. And can I say this? I know our time is belabored, but that's where we are. We got a whole generation of millennials that only know how to talk over computer. Be in a whole relationship, and y'all ain't never even had a conversation. All we have done is send emojis, right? We don't even know if we in a relationship. I talk to millennials all the time, like, I think we are. I don't know. He sent this emoji. Use your words. I I'm talking to you like I'm talking to the pre preschool kids. Use your words. <laughs> Come on. But that's where we are, right? Because we've allowed the enemy to infiltrate or infiltrate this union. We got to understand that we have to do it by God's design. We cannot allow the enemy to have our marriages, have our relationships. Come on. Got to do it God's way. Somebody say God's way. God's way. Got to do it by his design. Amen. We talked to you for a few minutes this morning about God's best, God's design for your marriage, your family, your relationship, your life. He wants you to experience the abundance that he promised and purposed and your purpose and destiny is in front of you. It's not behind you. We've got to leave. We've got to cleave. We've got to become one with Christ. And then we've got to pursue oneness, amen, in the kingdom, in fellowship with those that God have placed us with. And the only way to do that is through love. It's unconditional. And we like the Corinthians, the love description there, what it is and what it's not. It never fails. There's nobody perfect. And we didn't want to just make you think this morning that we just perfect and we've never done anything wrong and we've never had any bad days because that would not be the truth. Listen, I've had some good days. We've had some bad days. But the good days outweigh the bad days. Amen. And there's nothing like uh, the ministry and the blessing God has given me. And it's my spouse. It's my family. This building's not my ministry. Come on, we thank God for you all, but Remnant Church, you're not my ministry. This is my ministry, 
right here. Amen. Those of you in ministry, your ministry is not that physical structure. Your ministry is your family. And too many of us have failed to tend, to watch, to protect, to leave, and to cleave. We've got to get back to God's order and God's design. We're going to pray for you this morning. We're going to pray for you, those that have listened to us online. We want you to experience God's best. You say, well, I'm not married. I'm single. I'm widowed. Listen, God still has a design. He has a plan for you. He still has greatness for you. He still has his best for you. Listen, tend and watch and care. Protect your own life. Listen, guard your own heart. Sometimes when we're in a hurt place, we allow ourselves to get hurt even worse and let folk to come into our life because we're trying to fill the void. Come on, let Jesus fill that void today. Come on, we're going to pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this word. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this mandate to tend, to watch, to protect, to lead, to cleave. We thank you for your design is perfect. It's partnership. And, Lord, we thank you that partnership leads to performance and perfection. It leads to provision and prosperity and wholeness. And, Lord, there are many that are struggling right now. They're having a hard time. Some of us, some of us have thought about leaving or quitting or giving up or walking away from our assignment. But, Lord, help us to stand firm in what you've called us to. Help us not to look for pleasure or look for fulfillment in anybody else but Jesus Christ. And, Lord, you see every place where we're hurting and where we're broken. You see every place where we've struggled. You see every place where we've had a hard time. But, Lord, help us to get back to your system. Help us to come back into your perfection, the union that you've called us to. We thank you for it now that we are going to get our house in order. Lord, that you're coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And so, Lord, we want you to fix what's broken in our life fix what's broken in our family. Lord, turn our situation around. Lord, help, bless, open up doors. Thank you. Make ways. Thank you for jobs. Thank you for promotions. Thank you for increases. Thank you for finances. Thank you for health. Thank you, Lord, for children, oh God, that are saved and love God. We thank you today. We pray for the family right now. We pray for every marriage right now. We pray for every couple right now. We pray for every decision maker right now. We pray for every person, oh God, that's struggling to find their way to balance. Lord, we thank you for balance today in the name of Jesus. We thank you for power today, that power that comes in the oneness for being joined together with the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Jesus Christ. We thank you now, God, that you'd work and that you would reflect yourself in us and through us. And, Lord, do it in a special way. We thank you for it now in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you for your touch to guard and protect, to defend, to keep the thief and the robber out. Lord, we praise you right now to rebuke the devourer. Thank you. We come against every place of attack. We bind every spirit that comes to divide, to, to cause confusion and chaos. We speak peace and wholeness now. We thank you, Lord, that you'd be a hedge of protection around us. And, Lord, you teach us your way, that you show us your path, that we would follow and experience your best and your peace, and that there would be power, God, that your kingdom would expand and it would flourish and grow through us and advance because of us and because of you. And we thank you for this now in Jesus' name. Amen.